You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. What's up, Whisper Nation? That's Big Travi, and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we're here to give you that fantasy football fix. We are the Fantasy Whispers, and we are here to give you Week 8 breakdown of all the matchups, Travis. Man, I am so excited for this episode. We got some good gems in this episode, brother. Yeah, man, we are... Approaching halfway through the NFL season, over halfway through the fantasy football season. So it just keeps getting better and better. We get to, you know, really dive into the numbers in this episode and then, you know, go back and forth on a couple of things we disagree and agree on. I'm excited to jump right into it. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Super pumped, dude. And I am. This is now the third episode. We're on episode number 36, Travis. This is, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the third episode where I'm back in my lab, my my good old lab. Uh, super pumped about it. We're getting everything moved in. Everything's starting to come back into shape. Life's starting to get back together. I'm yeah, the Whisper now. Nation may not know, but Johnny's had some remodeling going on in his house. And yeah, thanks for sticking with us through and through as Johnny's been arranging and moving all over the place. I mean, at one point, I thought he was like, outside in the dumpster recording at one point <laughs> i just didn't know what was going on with johnny but he's here and yeah. he's in his trusty lab and we love it yeah if that's what i had to do in order to get the show out that's what that's what we do over here at whisper nation headquarters right that's right brother all right buddy so like we said this is episode number 36 we're gonna dive into week eight's matchups this is part one of a two-part series that we put out every single week if you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and check out the rest of our um, podcasts over there on Google Podcast or Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that you could get a podcast, as well as check us out on social media. The fantasy, just search the Fantasy Whispers, and we'll come right up. We got we got a lot of we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. We're on all of that, as well as on YouTube. If you're watching this, thank you so much. Please hit that subscribe and that bell so you get a notification every time we come out with a new video, which is quite often during the week. We got a lot going on, as well as Travis putting out all those graphics on IG, Instagram. So make sure you guys follow over there. Anything else, Travis, before we jump into today's uh, news and notes? Well, if you're listening to this episode, that means that you are preparing for your week. And what better place to do it, like Johnny said, than go to the website, thefantasywhispers.com. Player stay away articles posted there. Our rankings are posted there. And any waiver piece uh, that we put out goes there. Uh, you'll be able to stack up on some nice goodies, some morsels we got for you at the fantasywhispers.com. And a little bit of a humble brag there. Big Travi called a lot of the players of last week. I know he said benchmark Ingram. I wish I would have followed his advice. Um, and and he, had a, <laughs> he had a couple of plays in there that were brilliant plays. Uh, that came through for a lot of fantasy owners. So uh, definitely check out that article. He comes out with it every single week. All right, Travis. Let's jump into it, buddy. Let's do it. News and notes from around the NFL. 
That's right, Johnny. Our news and notes, as always, is brought to you by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. Johnny, these guys are great. We partnered up with them before the season started, and they just continuously every week update this app. So if you have any Apple device, you go to the Apple iStore there or Apple App Store, and you go ahead and download Fanatic. Basically, they've got every fantasy-relevant player you can think of, and they've got charts detailing the last three games, everything that's relevant, targets, red zone looks, red zone touches, percentages of the market share within that team that they're on, and, of course, all the news and updates that we give you every week is right in there in the app. They want you to win the week, win the next, and win your league. We love Fanatic. Go check them out. Uh, They are great. They're also a great follow on Twitter. Yep. Because they're putting out a lot of those stats that get in snapshots there with the graphs and the charts. So we love them. They're a great partner, and uh, we love what they're doing over there every day, updating it. Yes, we do. All right, we're going to start this off with the Thursday night game of Kiki Cutie has been ruled out for Week 8, Travis. We we know we're we're starting DeAndre Hopkins no matter what. Um, we'll talk about that matchup in just a second. But uh, Will Fuller now becomes a little bit more interesting as Kiki Cutie was kind of cutting into his market share. Um, so definitely get Kiki out of your lineup. No longer doing the Kiki this week. All right. Uh, so next up, so we- are you saying that you don't love Kiki no more? I mean, not for this week. Wow, I would, I would be staying in my just car just like this that, week. huh? Yeah, I would. I would <laughs> stay in my car this week. Look like maybe Kiki Cutie was doing the Kiki challenge too much, pulled a hammy or something. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we had a couple of people that didn't practice today: Allen Robinson, groin, uh, Marlon Mack, ankle. These both these guys should probably will probably um, will suit up on Sunday, but we continue to keep. Tuned in to the Fantasy Whispers. We'll keep you up to date. Uh, we had Sean McVay came out and said Cooper Cup is doubtful for Sunday, but he is making some good progress. This is some good news after he it looked like a really bad injury to his, his knee. It looked like a season ender, man. Yeah. A um, couple of, I mean, we've gotten kind of lucky. You know, him and Sonny Michel, both of those those injuries look pretty gnarly, and yet both of them was only a couple-week injury, so that's pretty good. Uh, Golden Tate was limited in Wednesday's practice. Robbie Anderson ankle didn't practice. Uh, big news that came out today was that Todd Bowles uh, says Bilal Powell requires season-ending surgery on his neck, so he was put placed on the IR. He says it could be career-ending, which you never want to hear. Mm. He says this is more serious than the one uh, Quincy and Nunwa suffered last year. Let's hope that he can recover. Uh, quickly and safely and return to football. It's a uh, uh, terrible. Yeah, terrible but more risk. importantly, let's hope he just returns uh, and it is a yeah. functioning, like has a functioning body. Uh, <laughs> neck injuries are always scary. Uh, but yeah, definitely a guy that you root for. Bilal Powell has always been talented, hasn't always had a role uh, defined. So it's just, it's just a heartbreaker for that guy. Feel bad for him. Yeah, and um, as of note, so you want to go out and pick up in any league possible right now, um, pick up Elijah um, McGuire. McGuire, thank you. Elijah McGuire, 
Big Travi over here sniped him from me. Get the I get the notification right on my phone. Hustle to our waiver wire. We got a real competitive our our, our league of records, super competitive. Hustle over to the waiver wire. See free agent. Click the add button. I'm going through my trying to figure out who I want to drop exactly. Went to do the old classic drop the kicker. I'll just pick pick up one later. And as soon as I did that, that split second, Big Travi sniped him from me. He said no longer available. I gotta I gotta give you kudos on that one, brother. It's looking. I like gotta it. say that feels good. I, yeah. Here's the thing: we talk about this all the time. May not mean anything, okay? Elijah McGuire may not end up being anything in in fantasy this year. He could be, but may not. But I tell you what feels better than everything: getting a message from Johnny early in the morning that says, "Oh my God, what the heck?" I'll give you some wob for him. Or we have another buddy in the same league league of record going. Uh, that's twice this morning I tried to add someone and they were already added. And it just feels good. It's like when you go yeah. and draft someone at the draft and somebody's, you know, nice pick, man. Nice right. pick. It gives you, that, you boost, don't know. that boost of confidence. Yeah, you don't know if it's going to be anything, but boy, does it feel good, man. For sure. All right, we had the Bucks coach, Dirk Cutter, said that Peyton... Well, Bar- actually, Johnny, I, I want to go back a little bit on Elijah okay. McGuire just okay. real quick. He Johnny does mention to pick up Elijah McGuire. Here's the thing. Bilal Powell was actually on the roster bubble to start this season. Mm-hmm. because the Jets loved Elijah Maguire so yep. much. Yeah. He is a talent. He can run and catch. He is a guy, unlike Crow, Crow or Powell, he's not just suited for one avenue. No. So he is a guy that's got upside to baby, ba- basically be a feature back. Offense isn't great there in New York, but he could be one of the few weapons. He's eligible to return next week, and from what it sounds like, he returned to practice last week Yeah, uh, and, and is looking good enough and to come back. So fast. yes, He's fast. He's fast. Another speculative ad in that New York Jets backfield is Trenton Cannon. Yeah, uh, He caught, I believe it was four passes for 69 yards last week. So he was very explosive on the few plays he got. So uh, just take a look at that Jets backfield if you're running back hungry, which I know a lot of you in the Whisper Nation are. Yeah, for sure. Good good job, Travis. Uh, you had the Bucks coach, Dirk Cutter, said that Peyton Barber not was not practicing today, and Ronald Jones got the majority of everything. Uh <laughs> Oh, what okay. a wild roller coaster ride Ronald Jones has had. Okay. Yeah. Preseason, I have him as one of these guys I really like as a sleeper. Thought it was a good fit for the Bucks because nobody was in his way. Then Peyton Barber was in his way. Peyton Barber was stopping him. Then he couldn't catch. Ronald Jones was not good at catching. Now, all of a sudden, Ronald Jones is po- poised to start this game, Johnny, due to yeah. injury. And so I, I will say I, I am interested to see. What he can do with the touches. Uh, this offense is certainly potent. Uh, it, they can move the ball. Jameis Winston's throwing for like 400 yards every single week. Uh, so Ronald Jones could have a nice little stretch here um, that could bring you into the fantasy playoffs, which is uh, kind of good timing uh, for those people who didn't spend the draft capital to pick him up and just picked him up off of waivers. All right, you had Matt Burita not practicing today. It's there was word that came out earlier this week, Travis, that he thought that maybe he would just go ahead and sit uh, a couple of this is, you know, not confirmed by the coaches, uh, but it was kind of his emotions. He was saying, maybe I should just let it rest and let it heal before trying to come back, getting into the game, playing a few snaps and just re-injuring it again. Um, So if he doesn't go, uh, we have um, Alfred Morris as well as uh, Mr. Mr. Mostert. 
uh, that Rahim will be in no. Mostert, man. Yeah. Looked pretty good. He's got that. Uh, he's got that track speed, if you will. He's not as fast as Marquise Goodwin, but he's probably the second fastest guy on the Niners. Mm. Uh, Mostert is very quick, so he's definitely an explosive guy to watch. And Johnny, mm. the Cardinals haven't stopped anybody on defense as far as running the ball, so Mostert's going to be a, a decent play this week. Yeah, if he gets that start. We'll get into that matchup a little bit later, and we'll dive into that specific backfield and and what we think the touches will break down to in a little bit. Um, We had Doug Martin, or John Gruden came out and said, Doug Martin is ready as the featured back. Um, I'm not sold on this based on the fact that we can't trust anything that John Gruden says. He came out and said, oh, we're not going to trade Khalil Mack. Guess what? They traded Khalil Mack. Then they said, oh, we're not going to trade Amari Cooper. Told the whole locker room we're not going to trade Amari Cooper. And guess what? They somehow got a first-round pick, which I don't I don't blame them for that one at all. You can get a first-rounder for Amari Cooper. Good job, man. But I'm just saying I would temper the expectations there. We'll get into that matchup in a little bit as well. Um, big news is Dalvin Cook and Xavier Rhodes were sidelined during stretching um, it's looking like there was word that came out that um, Dalvin Cook is expected. This isn't confirmed by any of the coaching staff, but it is, it is you know, whispers uh, along uh, the words of Twitter and everything like that, that uh, Dalvin Cook, Cook maybe sat through uh, until week 11. Excuse me. Uh, that's very, very sad news, Travis, as fantasy owners spent a very high draft pick on him. And he continues to not pan out. Uh, God, just imagine, you just think right now, what if you were a fantasy football GM that drafted both Fournette and Dalvin Cook this uh, year? That would just be horrendous. Uh, ah. we had, and then just a couple more things, and then we'll dive into today's show, uh, today's matchups. We got uh, no trade for... Le'Veon Bell, he's staying. He decided not to show up this week, which means that he did not sign his tenor, his uh, his uh, one-year extension. Um, so he will not be able to be eligible to be traded because he did not sign that. Um, kind of, kind of an interesting play there by Le'Veon Bell, if you kind of think about it, uh, Travis. Um, yeah. yeah. I- I don't want to go too in-depth on this, but I will say that one of the storylines or narratives that was going along with this is that he would wait for this because there is some thought in his mind that a run with the Steelers could allow him to be long-term there. That was what a beat reporter said that when they said he was going to come back during their buy. So I forget his name. For ESPN reported that Le'Veon Bell would be back during their bye week or after, right? Mm-hmm. Or right after didn't happen right but his same narrative was that he was going to come back um after the trade deadline and and basically what the narrative was is that he still believes in his heart that he can remain with the Steelers long term I don't buy that I don't think his agent buys that based on what he said in the offseason and I don't think the Steelers need him or want him not for that money so um, it's just, a, it's just a crazy story. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You look at the last two years in a, in a, over a macro view 
and you look at Ezekiel Elliott with the suspension, the up and down roller coaster year he had, yeah. and then you look at Le'Veon Bell and some of these marquee running backs with their hamstrings this year, and the up and down roller coaster you've had with these guys, it's wild yeah. for the top of that draft a little bit. So yeah, uh, it's kind of crazy. And what's crazy is if you look at the breakdown of Le'Veon Bell last year for through the first eight seven weeks of the season, and you look at James Conner through that same span this season. James Conner is actually outproducing Le'Veon Bell. Now, is that a point? To, I mean, the bulk prove? of Le'Veon Bell's work was in the back half of last year, as you right. saw, because he made it. Right. But yeah, but I, uh, yeah, it definitely. Just, it's just an interesting take. It's to, crazy to, when you start the year in camp, what can happen to your production. <laughs> right, right. All right, and uh, that's about that's about it. Um, it was, again, it came out. Uh, looks like it'll be after the bye when we first see Leonard Fournette back, and that's uh, that's about it for uh, the news and notes um, for for today. Travis, is anything else that you saw? Uh, no, that kind of summed it up for me. Okay, so let's jump into today's show. Let's go. All right, Johnny. So our first game is the Thursday night game, which will hopefully be a little bit better than last week's game, although the two opponents aren't as great. And that's the Miami Dolphins at the Houston Texans. Uh, Texans on a bit of a run here, though. They've taken over first in that division. Mm -hmm. Um, They have, uh, I think it's four straight wins after 0-3. Yep. So that's pretty wild to do. I think they're the only team to do that or one of only two teams to do that I was looking at online. Crazy. Uh, 44 point over under here with Houston favored by a whopping seven and a half points. So Vegas really likes the Texans. They like that D. That D has been legit lately, Johnny. So here I'm going to start with Miami because it's kind of you don't have to talk about a bunch here. I got two guys that I'm looking at here, and that's Mm -hmm. Danny Amendola. And that's Kenyon Drake. And if you look at Dam- Amendola, it's really process of elimination for me. We got Albert Wilson headed to the IR. You have Kenny Stills banged up, not going to play. Um, Devontae Parker, who knows? This guy's banged up in and out of the lineup. He's got beef with the coach. Like, I feel like Adam Gase and him are going to throw blows on the sideline or yeah. something. Um, I mean, according to his agent, he's healthy and he wants to play. Yeah. But Adam Gase is saying something different. So, who knows? Uh, it's, I think, it's very confusing. I read this quote that he said, basically all of our wide receivers, this is Adam Gase talking, basically all of our wide receivers are hurt. So will Devontae Parker play? Yeah. Play well? I've seen him do that before. <laughs> yeah. Like The dude is such a jerk in his uh, press conferences. I can't horrible. wait for Adam Gase to be fired, to be honest with you. Yeah. Anyways, over the last two weeks, speaking of Amendola, He's averaged uh, five. I'm sorry. He's averaged seven targets, averaged six catches for 57 yards. He had the big week last week, scored a touchdown. I like Amendola here as a wide receiver three as that flex play. He's going to be the only body out there. They are going to be down in this game. You figure they're going to be throwing. So uh, if you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, I think Amendola is a decent flex play on the flip side with Drake. I like Drake a lot, Johnny. He's averaged eight targets over the last three over the last two weeks. Five catches and forty yards is his average. That's in the receiving game. If he can get a little bit more running, uh, you know, look, he's he continues to be outtouched by Gore in the running game. But mm-hmm. Drake's explosive with the ball in his hand. So if he continues to get eight or more targets a game, 
you got to like that production, especially on a Dolphins team that's going to be down quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, Kenyon Drake, I, I said it about two weeks ago that I kind of felt like Kenyon Drake was a buy low option because not many people were excited about him. That, you know, the emergence of Frank Gore kind of scared people off. But this just even more so goes into play for Kenyon Drake because of all the receivers going down. That just makes Kenyon Drake more appealing out of the backfield. They're not going to toss the ball to old Frank Gore. They're going to toss the ball to Kenyon Drake. So especially if you're in a PPR league, I really do like Kenyon Drake a lot more. And I, I think that he's going to get production. Now, when I look at the flip side of the ball, Travis, you've got, Kiki Cutie out, which we just talked about. Will Fuller is also battling a hamstring injury, but it's looking like he's going to give it a go. He saw eight targets, and he had six of uh, uh, six catches on those eight targets for sixty-eight yards last week. Travis, um, do you see you see Will Fuller repeating some of that? Do you think maybe he can finally get in the end zone? Uh, he's built that rapport with Deshaun Watson, but we've also seen Deshaun Watson struggle a bit over the last two weeks. He was on our Downs episode earlier this week. If you haven't checked that out, please go check that out on uh, Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher. We give a full breakdown of Deshaun Watson, but Travis, I like this matchup in a short week where the defense doesn't have a whole lot of opportunity to plan for a scrambling running back. What do you see the outcome for Will Fuller? I like Fuller's outlook here, especially with Cutie off the field. If you look at the games without Kiki Cutie, those are Fuller's best games on the year. Mm -hmm. So before Kiki Cutie was out um, active and with, with him out with injury, you saw Fuller actually thrive in this offense. I will say I'm not quite ready to give the Texans that vote of confidence based on their you know, inefficiency on offense. They've really leaned on their defense for this win streak. If you look at the numbers, defense, and then last week with Lamar Miller in the run game. So for me, yes, I think Fuller's a fine play. I think just based on the fact that you're going to have Xavier Howard on um, DeAndre Hopkins. Who? So who's that? Oh, sorry. Who? Sorry. I was just <laughs> quoting what DeAndre Hopkins said about Xavier Howard. Oh, yeah. When, when yeah, asked. And I, I don't blame him because, look, it doesn't really matter who Hopkins is like going up <laughs> against. You're going to start him and he's going to do good things. Did you see uh, that? Do you see that one handed grab against uh, last last weekend against the Jags against Jalen Ramsey? So that was. A yeah. Stud I mean, listen, the catch radius that. DeAndre Hopkins is is maybe unmatched. He his two arms. He looks like he's flipping got a windmill going on. <laughs> yeah, like as far as his arms, like his wingspan is insane. But yes, uh, with Xavier Howard, you know, shadowing DeAndre Hopkins, I I kind of like Fuller to see some better looks here against that Miami team. And if you look at over the last three weeks or over the last month. Uh, the Dolphins are averaging about 20 points given up to the quarterback position. So there's going to be some work here for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You know, he, they they can be had, especially within the last month. I just don't know. I mean, Deshaun Watson is banked up. We talk about the ribs, the the lung, the, the issue that happened after the Dallas game. I, I don't know. I, Fuller's a fine play. Hopkins is a fine play. I'm kind of fading Watson if I can in a lot of situations. Yeah. Uh, just because we talk about Miami over the last month, but on the season still only 15.1 points per game to the quarterbacks. So there's not, I, and, and here 
at, favored at home, how much work are they going to have Watson do? Yeah, they're favored at home by a lot. How much is he like? It could be a situation where he, he doesn't get a lot of points based on the fact that they get a lot of points elsewhere. And that leads me to one of my plays in my player stay away article. And that's Lamar Miller. He's going to get a back to back play for me. I had him as a play last week. I got him as a play this week. And that's because Lamar Miller is going up against a Miami team. Johnny, let me spit a little knowledge at you here. All right. Drop not, it. not Arizona, not Oakland, not Denver, but Miami gives up the most points per game to the opposing running back. 31.6 points per game on average. Whispers. That's right. Yep. I just whispered in your ear hole like, that knowledge. Hello, mama. That's right. Drop a lot of knowledge you're about to hear. Oh, what? Oh, Johnny's got some bars. Oh. Spitting on him. No, but seriously, like, start Lamar Miller. This may be the best matchup you're going to get. He's going to get the Dolphins on a short week. They're already getting gashed. They're at home. Huge favorites. I love Lamar Miller. I second that. And I'm, I, I, was, I was back the Lamar Miller love there. All right, Travis, we're going to jump into our next matchup, which we don't love as much. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a 41-point over-under. This is in London. So you got to set set those alarm clocks early. I know that majority of people are going to be going out to Halloween parties on Saturday. Yourself, my, myself included. Big Travi, I know you'll be at a Halloween party. Wait, wait, hold party. on a second. Hold on, hold on. Who are you yeah. going as this year, dude? What's your, what's your costume? You know... I, I, this is sad. I, because I thought you I, were in costume today, but oh, oh I mean, I shots mean, fired. I almost, I almost could go as a fantasy analytics person, but oh, uh, that's just that's just my <laughs> daily job here. So, but I, I don't know yet what my uh, costume is going to be. Do you have a costume yet? No, no, I don't oh. dress up anymore. That's for kids. Oh, hey, listen, I would love quick, to go to a, I would love to go to some party. But I'm over here crunching numbers Saturday hey. night for the Whisper Nation. Hey, that's what. Did you know this is just an off-topic fact? There's like a city in Virginia that if you are over 13 years old and you are caught trick or treating, you can be arrested. Like I come love on. that. No, I love that rule. Lock them up for. And 13, I, I wish they'd do it for life. I say like 15. Put them away, dude. What? That's. I love Halloween. Listen, man. Johnny. I, okay. I took my PlayStation back because I don't play games. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> trick or treating's well, for kids. Well, speaking of trick or treating, Travis, Corey Clement played a little uh, trick, trick on you last weekend. Everyone had him as a start. However, it was Wendell Smallwood in the end that. Out snapped and out carried Corey Clement with this Jacksonville Jaguars defense pretty much locking up the running game. I know that the passing game has been a little bit suspect. Uh, well, I mean, Lamar Miller had a good game last week against them, but are you confident in starting either Corey Clement or Wendell Smallwood in a in a game that is in London, an early start? What's your thoughts? My thoughts are that last week I tried to get cute in the player stay away article and on Instagram with the Whisper Nation. And I tried to tell you guys that I could see Corey Clement 
rising to glory here. I could just see it. It was happening. They were easing him in. And you know what I did? I was an idiot, Johnny, because I tried to predict what Doug Peterson's going to do with his backfield, and nobody's ever done that ever. In the history From my of point, history. Uh, yes, my point is this. You can't drop either of these guys, Clement or Smallwood, but you cannot play them until further notice. We need at least another week or two of usage in these offenses or in this offense to see what you can do with these guys. I think they're worth the stash because, listen, if the Eagles get right, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. They have a great quarterback. They have a great wide receiver one. They have a great tight end. This is an offense that should be in scoring range quite a bit. I think that they're hitting a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but with the way that division is, I don't think they're going to be out of it in a point to tank at any point this season. Mm -hmm. So I think that they will get it right, and you'll want a piece of this backfield. It's just which one, and I don't know that you know that yet. So until further notice, Big Travis saying stay away from these two uh, to get a better look. All right. Uh, at other skill positions, you're, t you're starting Zach Ertz. That's a no question. Even though it's a tough matchup, you're still going to start him. Alshon Jeffrey, though, Travis, he is a wide receiver one since coming back. So hot right now. So hot. But with his matchup either against Boye or the aforementioned uh, Ramsey that we just mentioned about Hopkins, what is your... Don't care. You don't care. Wow. You're don't putting care. him in that, in that status care. there. Do not care. And, you know, maybe I'll be wrong. I tried to doubt Alshon already against a tough matchup, and he has shredded it each and every time. He is a uh, he's a wide receiver one, pretty much. You can't bench him. The guy in his four games back from injury, he has four touchdowns, Johnny. Yeah. He's averaged 9.75 targets. He's averaged six catches. He's averaged 76 yards. And four touchdowns means he's averaged a touchdown a game. This guy is unstoppable so, he's getting the targets that we always wanted him to get in other offenses with a nice young quarterback and even with zach Ertz in the lineup i think you got to keep rolling him out there just because of the touchdown upside okay. do i think that ramsey and boye could limit him yes to like 30 yards is he going to probably score though probably so but here's my question if you based on what you just said great stats but you just said he scored a he scored a touchdown in every single game well, now, not every that, not every game, but he averages a touchdown. Or and averages a touchdown in every single game. Now, does that make him touchdown dependent? Now, if you say he no. can go No, not when you're averaging seventy six yards, Johnny. Like you no. That means you're gonna have he's gonna have his hundred yard games. He's gonna have his thirty yard games, and this is definitely a candidate for a game like that, like against Jaguars. Mm -hmm. But like, dude, like the, he is getting the yardage that we never thought he could get before because we always thought he was a 30-yard, 20-yard guy and you and he would score because he had that touchdown upside. Now he's getting up there with the 70, 100-yard games or 70, you know, 90, 100-yard games, and you're like, okay, this guy is legit. Um, you know, kudos to those owners that went out there, got him, and, and, and sat on him and waited because he's paying you off handsomely. Oh. And... For me, I like we just talked about how over the last month against the wide receivers, like Jacksonville's been a little bit exposed. So yeah. um, yeah, right. I'll take it. So looking at some of uh, the other side of the ball, Travis, are you confident this should be Carlos Hyde's debut for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Not sure exactly how many touches he's going to get. 
Uh, Yeldon is also in this backfield, so I could see a timeshare. I'm not really confident in starting Yeldon or Hyde against this Eagles defense that's actually been pretty stout. Is there anybody that you feel confident starting on the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive side of the ball? I really don't want to start anybody except for maybe, you know, I hate I'm saying this, but listen, I don't want to start the backs. And that's because, you know, we talked about Philly and how they are against the running back. They're really good against the running back. They're within the top five against the running back. But they're actually giving up some points to the wide receiving wide receiver position. And Moncrief has been a quite a solid play in the Jacksonville. It doesn't make you feel good, but similar to Amendola, I think if you're in a pinch, I think Moncrief's worth a look here. Yeah. But I I, I, for I don't some, feel confident. For some reason, he it seems to be one of the Favorite targets of Blake Bortles. He's got 46 targets on the year. He's caught 25 of them for 329 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Travis, I, I, it frustrates me uh, watching Blake Bortles throw the ball, and especially when he throws it to Moncrief when he has a 6'4". Dude, it's like when you watch this, like... Like I get it a lot out here in California. You got these very attractive women that are just with these ugly dudes. And that's oh, what I feel you're like. You're talking about me with... and my wife. <laughs> well, you're not here in California, but you, you, no, I'm just kidding, man. You, no, you're doing fine. No, I think, you know, listen, he's got all these talented wide receivers there in Keelan Cole, in Dee Westbrook, and he's throwing to the used you know, the used goods there in yeah. Dante Moncrief. But yeah, I, I, I'm okay with rolling him out. Um, last thing I'll say about this game, Johnny, I'd be okay with either defense here. Yeah. I think it's a low over under of 41 points, a close spread, Philly only favored by two and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think you're good with either defense as a streamer here. For sure. I agree with that. All right, next game on the slate, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Carolina Panthers. It's a 43.5 over under. Baltimore is favored by two. Travis, over the last few weeks, Collins has kind of emerged out of this backfield finally. It was a little murky murk there with Bucky Allen. Um, But has Collins become touchdown dependent? Or do you see him becoming more, having a standalone value based on his usage in the last few games? No, he's been very touchdown dependent. And that's because total yards from scrimmage, he's only averaged 55 in the past month. Okay. So that's even with a few games of Buck Allen, him out snapping Buck Allen. You think about him needing a touchdown and you think about the Panthers have only let up a, of two touchdowns on the year in seven games. Well, I guess they played six because they're by, but still uh, not a good shot for him to score this week. He's a guy I'm fading in this matchup. I also think both of these teams, Yes, they've got decent offenses. <clears throat> excuse me, but they lean on a defensive backbone. Oh, this man. could be another, you know, slugfest that you're not going to really want either part of. So for me, I'm fading Collins. Um, I just don't know if I can trust him here. If you don't have any better options, obviously you'll you'll want to roll him out there, especially with the way the running back is. Uh, but yeah, Collins is a little too touchdown dependent for me. The interesting thing here, or you know, the the piece I want is John Brown. And we talk about Crabtree versus Brown. That debate continues to rage on, but Brown is your boom guy. He's third in the league with yards per catch. 
Uh, 19.9. I think we talked about this on our crowns and downs episode, Johnny. He's not catching a ton of his targets, Mm -hmm. but he's getting upwards of 20% of the targets. And with a 19.9 yards per reception, he doesn't need to catch all of them. He's just got to catch a few and he's going to, and he's going to do damage. And, and I just think that's a perfect, we talked about it all year. I could talk about it till I'm blue in the face. He is the perfect receiver for Joe Flacco. Yeah, Joe Flacco loves the deep ball, and John Brown is one of the fastest guys in the league. (laughs) Yeah, and so he just sits back there and and chucks it. You know, Um, it's it's really fun to watch. I love John Brown as he's a former Cardinal. I know I mentioned that before, Uh, but the guy's got a lot of talent. It was just... He was having difficulty staying healthy, and it's looked like he's gotten it finally corrected, and he's having uh, somewhat of a reemergence as in uh, a really good fantasy wide receiver like he was a few years ago. Travis, um, the big question is the Ravens have allowed 12.6 points per game to the tight end position. Greg Olson did get in the end zone last weekend, but it was on the last minute or two of the game, last few minutes of the game. Um, But he did get 12 targets in that game. How confident are you in starting a Greg Olson against this Baltimore Ravens defense? I think I'm okay with it. Um, just because, like we said, 12.6 points per game to the tight end. So one of the better you know matchups in the league as far as the tight end goes, it's, it's within the top 15. So I'm okay with it there. The On the... And this game kind of suits up or, or or shapes up to be a little bit like the game the Panthers were just in against the Eagles, a little bit of a defensive, you know, fist fight, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with this. It seems like it'll be a game where Cam needs to lean on other weapons because the Ravens are really good at neutralizing the run. Mm-hmm. So CMC might be taken out of this game similar to the way the Eagles you talk about the two defenses against the run. It's Philly and Baltimore. Right. And so it shapes up to be a similar matchup. So I could see Olsen being somebody that Cam leans on again. Yeah. And then this, listen, this is a game where I I think that Cam Newton actually could struggle quite a bit. And if I'm, if I have Cam Newton, I know it's going to, it's going to seem crazy, but, and it's going to be kind of difficult to, to bench, you know, a top five quarterback right now, but if I have a, a better option, I might be trying to flip him out for a, for a better matchup here because I could see Cam, Cam Newton or Mitchell Trubisky. Believe it or not, I'm going Mitch. I'm going to go Mitch Trubisky. I like the matchup uh, that the Bears have, and I think that Mitch Trubisky has been uh, pretty solid as far as... Uh, as Cam far- Newton... Or Jameis Winston. Oh, Jameis. Jameis Winston against the Bengals defense that's been surrendering a ton of points to quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Here, here's my thing. Cam is probably may I'm you know finishing up the article tonight. Mm-hmm. Cam's probably a stay away from me. Yeah, and I. I mean, I, you look. You just look at what the Ravens are doing. They are an elite defense. They're second best against quarterbacks. They're first be- best against running backs. I'm not benching CMC. Because I think his floor is really nice just based on his 96% usage in the offense. But I'm tempering expectations on CMC. And I, I, the more I go over it in my head, Baltimore, this average is insane, Johnny. They average, they let up 12.7 points to the opposing quarterback. That, I mean, 
That's crazy. that is an insane amount of like points. I I think Cam's rushing is what makes me want to doubt this, but I, I I just don't know if I like Cam this week. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the game, I know you're excited about, and I'm Always. excited about it as well. And that's the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a 53. Well, I, listen, I gotta say, America is excited about this. Oh yeah. Oh. Here's for the sure. thing. I talked to a, a buddy at work, uh, the day job, not you know the dream job. No, yeah. but I talked. Yeah. I talked to a buddy at work, and I said, you know, talking to him a little bit about the Chiefs, and he goes, "It doesn't matter what's going on. The Chiefs are must-watch TV for me." He's a he's a Colts fan, and he said that he has to turn the Chiefs on whenever he's at home. He said that his wife was getting or his girlfriend was getting really pissed off at him because that Bengals Chiefs game was a blowout and he mm-hmm. kept watching. She said, Why are you watching this? He goes, Well, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I just I mean, think that's where we're at with this kid. That's where we're at with this offense. Uh the Chiefs are just fun to watch. And even with them favored here, Johnny by ten and a half, you gotta have your eyes glued to this game. Who knows what can happen with that offense? Oh, for sure. I, I'm excited for this game. So since we've already started on the Kansas City side of the ball, Travis, uh, we're we're pretty much starting everybody on the Kansas City Chiefs as a no-brainer starter. You're starting Hunt. You're starting uh, Hill. You're starting Kelsey. But the question then comes down to Sammy Watkins. What should fantasy owners do with Sammy Watkins? Should they start Sammy Watkins in this game? And what if they do start Sammy Watkins? What what is your level of confidence here? He's got he's got a floor. He's like the floor play for the Chiefs, in my opinion. So you got you got Hill, who's got the massive ceiling. Obviously, Kelsey's going to do what he does. Hunt has now come into his own as the most consistent play in all of fantasy, most likely. Yeah. You know, outside of Gurley. Um, but Sammy, to me, he's got that nice. He's been a wide receiver three uh, or better in four of his past five games. So he's got a decent floor. He's not going to pop like you may have thought when he signed this deal with the Chiefs. But I think he's that guy when all the other options are covered. On He's probably their third or fourth option on the play, on every play design. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes, I mean, what a, what a world you can live in as Mahomes. When Sammy Watkins is your fourth option, right? That's you know, uh, or third or fourth option, that's ridiculous. Either way, I think that's where he lives. And in a game where they're going to be scoring quite a bit, uh, obviously, because I don't think the Broncos have what it takes to limit them. I don't know if any defense in the league does at this point. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I don't see. I, I think Watkins is a fine play. We talked about Amendola. We talked about Moncrief. I like Watkins more than those guys. Um, you know, as as pinch starters, maybe not Amendola. I'd probably toss it in between those two. But uh, those are, you know, I think Sammy Watkins is a fine guy. I don't know if you feel the need to start him, if you've got better options, but wide receiver three flex, that's where he's going to live most weeks. All right, and then looking at the other side of the ball, Travis, you've got this backfield for Denver that's a little bit muddied. However, there is a player that's starting to emerge as the clear favorite, favorite, and that's Philip Lindsay. And... His role should expand a little bit more that Royce Freeman is a little banged up. Now, it's kind of a little bit confusing because there were rumors and and things that came out after last week's game against the Cardinals that uh, Royce Freeman had a high ankle or had suffered a high ankle sprain, which is pretty bad. That's usually a couple-week injury. 
And so it, it that would that instantly made Philip Lindsay seem way more appealing. However, coach came out and said, "Oh, he's he's week to week, or sorry, day to day," and he didn't rule out Royce Freeman for this next game. Now, is that just coaches speak for saying, you know, I'm not going to give you know the Kansas City Chiefs any leg up, and I want them to prepare for both Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay? Uh, is Royce Freeman really not that injury or injured? But either way, Travis, I love Philip Lindsay in this matchup. You're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs who have given up one of the most uh, yardage, total yardage to offenses through this point in the season. They're on record pace. And so give me the guy who's been tearing it up in the backfield for this Denver team. Travis, you got to like Philip Lindsay this week. He's got to be on your play article, correct? <laughs> I don't know if he'll make the play article, but I do love him this week. You think about the Chiefs, you said it there, Johnny. Over the last four weeks, the Chiefs have surrendered the seventh most rushing yards to the running backs. Mm -hmm. So we talk about Miami, Arizona, Denver, the big hitters as far as uh, giving up yardage and things to the running backs. So Kansas City's not far behind. Um, so I think that Denver will lean on the run. It's their only way to try and limit. And you saw them do this against the Chiefs on Monday night. They wanted to run the ball a little bit more and take keep the ball away from Pat Mahomes and that offense. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long that's going to be able to last for them uh, just based on how fast they score. But Lindsey's yeah. worked in the receiving game. I mean, that's his big trait. That's where he's been really effective. And uh, so he, it, it, you need Royce Freeman to sit. But if Royce Freeman sits, yes, fire him up. RB2 with upside. Travis, he is currently the RB13 in the standard league right now. He's got yeah. 75 rushes for 436 yards, two touchdowns. He's averaging a whopping 5.8 yards per carry, and he actually leads. You would think that Royce Freeman would be the uh, red zone leader of this backfield, being that Royce Freeman is a bulldozer and uh, Philip Lindsay is more of the little scat back. But actually, Philip Lindsay leads this team in red zone touches per game, which is kind of crazy. I love Philip Lindsay this week. Um, yeah, I think it's a great matchup. I think yeah. if you got him, he's been a must start pretty much every week. Yeah. If you look at it, I mean, you talked about him being RB 13 on the year. He's ended up returning value on every time you've rolled him out there. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's a must start. Um, and especially he gets some plus draw, some plus upside in this matchup. Uh, his counterparts, his, you know, his receiving counterparts, if you will, Emmanuel Sanders, obviously he's, you know, I think wide receiver five on the year in standard scoring. Insane. Uh, he's obviously out there th throwing touchdowns. He just doesn't care. Um, Demarius Thomas, though, here is the interesting one for me. Kansas City's defense has been soft, although they were very good on Sunday night against the Bengals. He has a touchdown in two of the last four. He's playing this tough defense. What do you think about Demarius Thomas in that wide receiver three flex range? I I I think you could do a lot worse. I don't I don't I would rather play Demarius Thomas than Sammy Watkins. I can tell you that. Um, Demarius Thomas. I think touchdown upsides a little bit more there with Demarius Thomas, wouldn't you say, than yeah. Sammy Watkins? Yeah. Yep, for sure. I think when they do get in the red zone and they're going to throw it, they're looking DT's way. Um, obviously Sanders outside the twenties is, is a monster. He has the ability because of his speed to break one. We saw it last week, uh, against See, the Cardinals. Would you do Demarius Thomas or Devin Funches? 
I would go. I would. I would go to Marius Thomas because of the matchup, and that's strictly. If you're asking me on a, if you know, in a yeah, vacuum, I mean against Baltimore, in, in a vacuum, yeah. I'm going Devin Funchess. But due to the fact that they're going against Baltimore, Kansas City Chiefs defense, I could see Demarius there. Thomas and Funchess being a, a a lot of guys we answer questions on in the IG stories this week. Yeah, so uh, similar to some of the other guys we talked about. I wanted to touch on that. Moving on though. To another AFC North battle. Well, I guess that wasn't really an AFC North battle. <laughs> Moving on to an AFC North battle. Uh, we've got the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers fresh off a bye. This is a 50.5 over under with Pittsburgh heavily favored by seven and a half at home. And if you've watched the Cleveland Browns of late, you know why Pittsburgh's favored by this much. Uh, one of my favorite getting, things. to Getting it going. They're yeah. Getting it rolling for sure. Yeah, the Steelers have gotten it going, and the Browns have gone the other way. Um, so the Steelers average nearly four sacks a game, Johnny, and no team allows more sacks in the NFL than the Cleveland Browns. So I love Pittsburgh's D here. They're a huge streaming target. Uh, hopefully you pick them up off waivers. Obviously, we're starting every single Steeler we can. The question comes at the tight end position, Johnny. We've got Vance McDonald. He's coming off his season-high eight targets last week, or I'm sorry, sorry, uh, last game against the, the Cincinnati Bengals before the bye. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, on average, is giving up 105 yards, or I'm sorry, Cleveland just gave up 105 yards to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight ends. Yep. So I ask you, it's a similar situation as the Bucks tight ends as it is the Steelers tight ends, because you have Vance McDonald and Jesse James, where you have O.J. Howard and Cameron Bright. So for me, Johnny, Vance is the upside guy. Do you, are you playing Vance McDonald this week? Uh, I, I don't mind the play of Vance McDonald. Again, we're in a, a, a year where the tight end position is so up and down. It's hard to say that, yeah, I have a for sure better shot at a tight end this this week than Vance McDonald. I don't mind it at all. I think he does have the higher upside than Jesse James. Jesse James is more of the blocking tight end. He can catch out of the backfield, but Vance McDonald has been a monster. He's been the truck sticking guy. Uh, you know, we we like him a lot. So I, I'm I'm fine with the Vance McDonald play. But Travis, okay. So here's my here's what we can bank on. I wanted to touch on this in the beginning before we dive down. One thing I think we can bank on here is that this game is going to be five quarters long because four of the five games that Baker Mayfield has played in has has gone into overtime, including the last Browns and Steelers game. So that adds a little bit of action. I am willing to bet money that this game will not go to overtime. I mean, I'm not willing to bet money either, but... (laughs) I like. I, I feel like to. the Steelers are going to roll here, and I just got to say something like, "We got to stop with Baker." I feel like we've spent four weeks apologizing for him. Yeah, uh, he's just not. He's a rookie, and yeah. I'm not saying he's not going to be good in this league. He's playing like a rookie. The Baker mania has cooled big time. He's not a streamer. He's not a guy you want to like throw out there, especially in this matchup. Um, but Baker, I think will have a career in this year in this league. He, his metrics are still good. He's being poorly head coached right now. And I think that that's playing a little bit of a role. I want to talk about Nick Chubb though. 
Okay, his volume is there, Johnny. We saw that. Even though with Duke Johnson named the starter, Nick Chubb went out there and he got 18 carries. Uh, he did work against the Buccaneers in a longer game. His volume should keep him relevant, similar to Hyde, but they are massive underdogs in this, and he doesn't have a role in their passing game. How are you feeling about that matchup? Because the Steelers actually are pretty good against the run. Um, I know they took a lot of heat on their defense this year, but they're actually pretty strong against the run. So give me your, what's your temperature gauge on Nick Chubb this week? I mean, I think he's going to be a, a fine, you know, flex play. You're looking at his, his entire career. I can say career, career and year average. He's, he's, he had 34 rushes for 253 yards and three touchdowns. Travis, that's a whopping 7.4 yards per carry. This guy's a bulldozer. He, that line is is decent, um, so I do see him getting the the volume. I think that they will try to run it to take a little bit of pressure off of Baker Mayfield, uh, try to keep Ben Roethlisberger and that Pittsburgh that potent Pittsburgh uh, offense off of the field. So they might give Chubb a, a few more carries. I could see him, you know, end up get eighteen touches in this game, eighteen to twenty, uh, depending on exactly how much they are in this game. And, you know, you know, we both know touchdowns are kind of fluky. It's hard to predict a touchdown in this game. Um, but I, I don't mind him as a flex play. I certainly think that there are better options. So um, especially at how late or you're most likely got Chubb off of the waiver wire. So you, most likely you do have a better option than Chubb this week. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we moving forward. I love Chubb. We talked about the running backs for Jacksonville. So if you had Hyde and Chubb, right, um, you're probably starting Chubb over Hyde Correct. because of the way that's working out over in Jacksonville. But still, yeah, I think temper expectations a little bit. What I love about the Browns this week, though, is David Njoku. Okay, the Steelers are actually number five against the running back, which is why we didn't like Chubb. But they're number three most forgiving, so they're the number th- they're the one of the third worst teams in the league against the tight end and you have David Njoku who over the last three weeks has been tight end number three so the theme of threes here is start David Njoku because he's you know gonna score three touchdowns no I'm just kidding uh I think that David Njoku is a really good start here and I think that against this Steelers team who gives up quite a bit and we talked about it they're gonna be down in this game I think based on the way that uh, Steelers are putting pressure on the quarterback based at the way that the Browns are giving up pressure to their uh, quarterback position. I'm going to say that Najoku's going to be a safety valve here along with Jarvis Landry. So Jarvis Landry gets a, a juicy draw because Pittsburgh allows the most yards on average to the wide receiver. And that average is 110.9 yards per game. So I like Jarvis Landry and I like David Najoku. Anybody else? Are you, are you, you know, have we has the ship sailed on Antonio Callaway? Are we done talking uh, Antonio Callaway every week? Yeah, I think it has. Just a t- one more note on Jarvis Landry. The last time when they played this Pittsburgh defense, Jarvis. I know I understand it was Tarod Taylor that was uh, the quarterback, but Jarvis saw fourteen targets for one hundred and six yards and a touchdown. So, um, or, or sorry, not a touchdown. He didn't score a touchdown, but he had one hundred and six yards. So, you know. I, I see kind of a peppermint of, of targets uh, coming his way. Um, anybody? Yeah, there's not really anybody else that I want to talk about in this game, Travis. Let's move on to our last 
matchup of this episode, and that's the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. This is a 49.5 over-under. Detroit is actually favored in this game. I think this is our first favorite uh, this season. With Russell Wilson coming off a bye, and the last time that we saw him, he actually looked pretty decent. And I know that, Travis, you and I mentioned this in our preseason videos that we did of the quarterbacks. We mentioned this. We said every single year, if you draft Russell Wilson, expect him to start off slow because that's what he does or that's what he has done throughout his entire career. And we've kind of seen the same thing happen this year. But in the last two weeks, Russell Wilson has come back and kind of been the quarterback that we thought he was going to be, the quarterback that you thought you were drafting. He's scrambling more. He's throwing it up. Uh, They're trusting him with that offense a little bit more, Travis. Um, Over the last uh, two weeks, excuse me, he is... Oh, where... He is... 49 passing attempts, 45 or 45 passing attempts, 36 completions for 394 yards, three touchdowns though. That's the big one. And he's also rushing. He he's also ran it for an additional eight yard or 80 yards. So what is your confidence going into this game against a Detroit Lions defense that's not necessarily been, you know, the Legion of Boom. Yeah, so we thought that they were, you know, well, he's he doesn't play against them. He, you know. No, 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 I know. I, I, know. <laughs> I, I was saying the Lions aren't the Legion. Of oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, they have limited on the year quarterbacks to 16.8 points per game. But actually in the last month, if you kind of break that down closer to what they are, they've kind of been giving it up a little bit to the quarterback and by, with 21.61 points per game in that span. And so I feel like as they trend down, we're watching Russell Wilson trend up. And that includes Doug, Doug Baldwin getting healthier, getting more acclimated into this offense. I think Tyler Lockett's been very huge for them. The emergence of the running game actually has been huge yeah. for play action and for Russell Wilson. He has not had to run as much this year, which I know hurts his fantasy value, but could actually open up more passing work for him, mm-hmm. getting more big plays. Um, so I think that it's there. You could do a lot worse. But if you're asking me this week, like we were talking about Cam Newton up there, Cam Newton or Russell Wilson, I'm taking Russell Wilson, I think, this week, just based on matchup. Yeah, I, it's hard to I, I would go with I would lean that same way just because of what we've seen over the last few weeks. And I expect this to kind of be a shootout, Travis. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a, I, it's, I it's not a that. huge over under. It's 49 and a half, but it right. wouldn't be surprised if it busts over that. It's in the dome in Detroit. Uh, we know that these teams have gotten together and had shootouts before. Um, we look at the Seattle running game, though. That's the interesting thing here. That's the one you got to pull your monocle out. You got to kind of look at, Johnny. And that is, you know, Penny got some work before the before the bye. Uh, it was good. a blowout. He looked it was good, a though. blowout. Yeah, he did look good. He had he had nine touches uh, for forty three. I'm sorry, nine carries for forty three yards, two catches for twenty seven. Once again, in you know a game that was out of hand, so we can't take too much. But the interesting part here was that Mike Davis only got six carries for twenty one yards. So has Penny kind of taken back the backup spot here to Chris Carson? 
because Chris Carson got 14 carries for 59 yards. I'd really like to see how this shakes out down the down the you know down the line. Another thing that helps Wilson is I just read today that Ed Dixon is expected back for this game. Oh, nice. Okay. Tight end Ed Dixon. So that could be an upgrade for Russell Wilson. As long as he doesn't suffer any setbacks, you could see Ed Dixon back. I don't know if I'd expect anything in this uh, game, but I would keep an eye on Ed Dixon. Um, yeah. I think he's an interesting thing. We know that Russell Wilson's used the tight end a lot before, and somebody you know could make up for all those um, Jimmy Graham end zone targets that, that left last year. Mm-hmm. All we're right. talking we're talking over the last uh, or we're talking about Detroit next, Johnny. And so I want you to kind of talk to me a little bit about this wide receiving core. We had thought that it was going to be gangbusters for all three of them all year. It's actually kind of shaped up with, you know, maybe only Kenny G and Tate here. Yeah, that's kind of the worry, right? We expected this to be a three headed monster. And yet we're seeing. Kenny G really emerged as the downfield threat. You have Golden Tate emerging as the underneath guy and getting lost in it all is Marvin Jones. Um, he he has caught, he has given you some decent fantasy games, but Travis, I want to remind people as well that Marvin Jones has kind of done this over his career. Uh, he's, he's kind of been a either a stud or he's been a dud. And what I mean is, Two years ago, when he first came over to the Detroit Lions, if you remember, through the first four weeks of the season, he was the number one wide receiver in the league. He was catching, you know, 150 yards a game and a couple touchdowns, and then he just went flat. And then last year, he started off super, super slow, and then all of a sudden, at the end of the, the towards the end of the season, he really kicked it into motion. Now, am I saying that's going to happen again this year? I I don't see the same kind of path. However, do I think he's going to become not relevant anymore? I, I don't see that at all. I think that he's going to be more of a wide receiver three with a wide receiver two, a wide receiver one upside. Um, but if I'm if I'm going with confidence here, I've got to go with Kenny G uh, with with the most confidence in being Golden Tate just because his his role seems to be so solidified. Where Kenny G last week didn't catch the touchdown, and we you know we got a couple of people that hit us up and we're like, oh, what should we do with Kenny G? Should I sell him, uh, or what should I do because he didn't score you know like what he has been? I'm like, I just told people pump the brakes a little bit. He'll be fine. He's still the yeah. downfield target. Yeah, and I would agree. And so just to break down the wide receivers over the last three games, Kenny Galladay has gotten five targets uh, on average, averages three catches, averages 69 yards and a touchdown in that span. You look at Tate, he averages seven targets, averages six catches for 70 yards, and he's gotten two touchdowns in that span. And then you look at lowly old Marvin Jones averaging five targets only two catches, 31 yards, and he's only scored once in that span. It looks like Tate is the guy to own of these three. He's the one you're most confident rolling out each week. I'd say the most upside is actually in Kenny G because of the downfield threat. Mm -hmm. I want Kenny G. I'm buying low on Kenny G because I think that role could actually reverse as the year goes on. Yeah, I think that Kenny G could overtake Tate as the number one, but I think they're both going to be usable, both wide receiver twos until further notice. With, like you said, a kind of, you know, fading Marvin Jones to wide receiver three because we thought he was going to be the tight end kind of guy and get these red zone targets. And then last week, as soon as I say something about it, Michael Roberts 
gets three catches and scores two touchdowns on the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Are you buying Michael Roberts as a streamer, as a guy you can you can start? Not this week. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I think he is an interesting add, especially like we say every single episode in this crazy year of tight ends where everyone's kind of just blah. Um, Michael Roberts is an interesting guy, right? So, Travis, they, they go into the bye week, right? Not Are you saying, that- Johnny, Johnny? Yeah. Are you saying you love a good tight end? Oh, I love the good tight end. Usually, so, I can, usually I'm really good about spotting tight ends. Yeah, but, me too. But not Sometimes, this year. Yeah. <laughs> I used to pride myself in the ability to see a, just a magnificent tight end. Yeah. But I just, this year, not so much. No. And they're, they're all just loosey-goosey. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, when it, comes, <laughs> when it comes to Michael Roberts, right, the interesting thing, Travis, is before the bye week, before Detroit had their bye week, they didn't use the tight end hardly at all, right? Uh, they, they have three of them, and, and none of them are really used. However, after the bye, they start to ingre- uh, integrate Michael Roberts into this offense. Now, what will be interesting to see, and this is why I say he's more of a stash right now, is because I want to see... What do they do with him in this game? I'm not confident starting him. However, it is often that that teams will see mismatches or discover something in their bye week or change up something that might not be working and say, you know what, all of a sudden I'm going to do it this way and see how it works. And it worked the first game. We know what uh, their head coach comes from. comes from... Oh, they're one of the best tight ends in NFL history, if not the best tight end in NFL history. So it kind of makes sense because based on everything else that he's kind of done to this point has been very similar to the New England way of of thinking. So it would make sense that they would start using the tight end a little bit more. But what I want to talk about, sorry, what I want to talk about, Travis, is the breakout of your boy, Carry on Johnson moving forward. Right. Is he now a must start? It seems like it seems like he got your message on our yeah, show. Listen. Matt Patricia finally listened up and did what he was supposed to do. And I appreciate that, Matt. I, I like a guy that can listen, admit he was wrong, and do what he needed to do to get it done. It's and a- he did that with Carry on Johnson. And listen. He is a must-start due to just purely the upside. He got all those carries last week, but the more important part that I loved here, with Theo Riddick inactive, you saw Kerryon Johnson get 13% of the target market share last week. We knew he could catch the football. This is what's going to keep him even higher upside, even with LeGarrette Blunt being there and being annoying and taking those, those touchdowns out of the red zone. Carry on Johnson. I'm just so happy to see this guy excel. I am hoping that Ronald Jones takes a page out of Carry on Johnson's book as my preseason sleeper and comes through big time. Uh, but we'll, you know, Travis, I might be asking for a little too much. Here's what I want to say before we end this episode. What we do know, there's a lot of fantasy unknown, right? But what we do know is that OBJ and Nagy. Or sorry, not Aggie, but uh, um, the 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 Detroit Lions head coach both listen to the fantasy whispers because yeah. 
You pleaded with him to to give Carryon Johnson the ball, and guess what happened? He gave Carryon Johnson the ball. the ball. I pleaded with OBJ, please have a monster game. I need this <laughs> much. And you know what? He did everything in his power. He came so close. He came so close that he did just – if he was just caught that two-point conversion, I would have won my matchup. But I give him an A for effort. So, Travis, we know that at least we have that. At least we have – those two guys watching our show, and we appreciate you too. So thank you so much. <laughs> the rider dies. Thank you the, for being a part the of the two Whisper members Nation. of Misper Nation. Exactly. Well, if you two would like to expand the audience of Whisper Nation, we would really appreciate it. And we'd appreciate it if you sent them over to our website, thefantasywhispers.com, or had them check out our podcast on Google Play, iTunes, or Apple, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. As well as check us out our, on Instagram and Facebook. Just search the Fantasy Whispers. Travis, you got any last words for the people as we let them go from part one? Yeah, we're putting out great videos. You can see our ugly mugs right here on your screen. If you go to YouTube and search the Fantasy Whispers, click that bell. Ding! Get all those subscriptions. We'll be coming to you guys every week. We have these episodes. We have the crowns, downs, and rebounds. And we put out player profile videos all the time. So we appreciate you, Whisper Nation. We appreciate you stopping by. And the next time we talk to you, it'll be a spooky event because it'll be uh, it'll be Halloween next week. So we're uh, you know hopefully your lineups aren't as scary as mine have been, uh, <laughs> and you get a little bit more success uh, in this coming week. We love you, Whisper Nation. I'm Big Travi. That's Johnny Came Time Hicks, and we're out. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.